You're listening to the Hammersley Brothers Podcast. If you'd like to get started with three of our best tools, see the link in the show notes. They're free and video training is included. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week we're talking about the third domino of an e-commerce sale and that's the job to be done, finding out exactly what the customer wants to see and what they want to achieve and also what they're afraid of. So let's get started. Uh, Good morning Ian, how are you? Well, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mark. I'm yeah. well. I'm well. I, How are I you? I was just speaking to somebody. I was just speaking to someone, and he said that he quite liked the fact that we talked about the weather before, before the podcast. Um, I know it was a controversial subject, but uh, yeah. So was, we it had, our, we have an, was it our vote. father? <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was a chap selling lovely chocolates in, uh, uh, in Canada. In fact, let's, let's, let's give him a shout out. Cause, um, shout out? Was, it oh, was radio station. Uh, choco, chocolat de cat in a Canada. Oh. delicious. Yeah. So there you go. That's a free. Nice. That's a free. Uh, uh, Is there an offer? One. Just because he said he, he liked us talking about the weather. Yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> That's done. That's all we need. <laughs> That's all the validation we need. We'll now continue with the weather for the next several years of podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. How is the weather? Um, well, it's a bit dark to be honest. A bit oh. cold this morning. What a shame! Can you can you do? Yeah, it's lovely here in England. It's thirty degrees at the moment in the winter. Beautiful, lovely. I doubt I'm it. Lying. It's yeah. I'm lying. Yeah, that would be global warming. <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> winter, thirty degrees in England. Um, so we're going to talk about the third domino, and of course, I've completely forgotten what it was uh, until you told me well, yeah. what it is. But it, uh, it's yeah. the um, job to be done. But uh, it's the reason I always forget is because you it was something we crafted for the big presentation you did on the stage and it was it, i mean obviously it's a collection of things we, we've done before but why don't you talk about it introduce it and then um and then we'll get into it okay yeah so the so the third domino that we done so we're in the middle of the domino scenario at the moment and the third domino and is is the is what they want okay so it's actually called job to be done which is basically, what do they want? Now, the third domino and the fourth domino, I like to combine together because they are very, very similar stage of the process. Um, so the first one is the job to be done, and, and, this, and the, second, the next one is the anxiety reducing. So what don't they want? What are they anxious about? So um, third is job to be done. Fourth is anxious. And so essentially, it's, it's like, what do they want, which is the job to be done, and what don't they want, which is the anxiety reducing. Um, and mm. so hence, it's like, if you don't get that right, then you know, it's very difficult to convince somebody to buy something if you're not, you're not demonstrating the job to run. So it sounds very simple to say, well, obviously, you need to know, you know what, the job, what, what they want and what they don't want. But then how do you, how do you unpack that? information and and this is possibly why people in ecom oversimplify it so there's a sort of an analogy that um that you know you know ash let's take shopify oh one shopify site that converts really well for a particular type of business will convert really well for another type of business and often that doesn't work it just doesn't it's a complete disaster because the the job to be done and the anxieties are different 
and it's a different emotional stage. So just like when you walk down the high street and you see shops laid out differently, um, you know, a jewelry store is laid out differently to a hardware store, that's because the needs and the job to be done and the anxiety is, is different for both. So obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't lay a jewelry store out the same as a hardware store. Uh, that's, and it's because it's it's these these two dominoes mm. are different. And um I think yeah. the the job to be done works well because it forces you to start thinking about the benefits of what you're selling rather than the features. So there's two examples that came to mind recently. One was um um there's a lady who works with us who sells handbags, right? So she sells handbags and it's a bag that you can uh, change the look of and move around and do lots of different things. And it's basically, you can have one bag that can do your whole day. You can travel with it. You can go to a office meeting and it's great for the evening, right? So that, the, the, the feature of it is that it's got all these poppers and, and zips and things and things that clip on and stuff like that. That's a feature. Uh, the benefit is that you can actually have one bag that do, does all these uh, different events. So the job to be done is I want to um, I want to have a bag that that makes me feel great and 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 does everything I want when I'm on holiday basically so that's the job to be done and so there was another one that that came through the other day and I was I was looking at it yesterday and you'll know it's the bike company that make um, bike frames and bikes mm. and he was talking about oh you know people come to us because they want a, a specific frame they want to have it customized they want to make it. Um, you know, the right leg length for them and everything's completely set up for them and it's completely having your own customized bike. And that, again, is a feature. The benefit of that is, you know, being more comfortable on a long ride, uh, getting your personal best, um, you know, beating your friends. Like those are the, those are, those are the benefits of it. So the, the job to be done is ultimately um, takes you out of trying to bang on about features because, yes, yeah, sometimes features sell. But it's usually in a very geeky market where people are very obsessed with the features. But most markets, you sell through the benefits. And even though it's kind of like one-on-one for sale, people kind of forget that. So in terms of the job to be done, what you were talking about before about anxiety was is that the, the, if someone wants the job to be done, the anxiety comes from the things they think might stop it happening. Or the, the things that it might not. So let's take, should we take the spoke trousers, for example? Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about, so take, talk about some, yeah. Talk about some examples. I mean, essentially, you're, it's helping you tie everything together. Um, it helps you understand the positioning of the brand. And, and mm. ma- mainly the positioning comes from either what they want or what they don't want. And it's really whatever is a more powerful emotion. So, so that example there, you were mentioning Spoke London. So Spoke London is a, is a fast-growing trouser or pant brand, if you're American, um, selling chinos online. And they, I think they went from like zero to, I don't know, 30 million quite quickly. And they, they, they focused on one particular main positioning and that was happens well circumstantially it happens to be the biggest anxiety when you're buying trousers online particularly for men and that's around fit so what's the you know what's the biggest thing that annoys you the thing thing that stops you buying trousers online is will it fit me you know and that's the that's Mm. the thing that you want you want you want a trouser that or a pair of chinos that fits beautifully and the perception of 
fit is the, is the most powerful driver. Uh, it was the biggest thing they focused on. So everything around their positioning is reinforcing that they take fit much more seriously than anybody else. You know, they could have gone and said, okay, we've got chinos that wash really well and they're amazing quality. Um, they could have got ones that said that they, you know, they've got an amazing fabric that, um, that, you know, you never need to iron. Or they could have gone and said, oh, the beautiful colors or, or the quality is incredible. They did it. They focused on fit and hmm. the, the way to find out what is resonating, what people care about is to do something that's very, very simple. And it's an often overlooked um, piece of work. And Mark, you and I do it all the time. And we call it the anxiety analysis. And it is a fascinating thing because all of your competitors reviews are often publicly available. So in Trustpilot or Reviews.io or whatever the review engine it is, FIFO, doesn't matter. It's all there for the, in, in the open to see. So we, because we're nerds, pull off these reviews in their, you know, let's say, you know, minimum of about 500 until we find that we feel like we've got the emotionally where people are. So we're looking at the negative reviews and why they're negative. And we're looking at the positive reviews and why they're happy. And what tends to happen, the positive reviews tend to predict the job to be done. Like that's, they're really happy because the quality is incredible, the fit's amazing. And the negative reviews tend to be, uh, highlight the anxieties. Like, oh, I knew it wouldn't fit me, or I knew that the quality wouldn't be good enough, or the, the you know, so you, that's what you're fighting against. Um, is the job to be done now in 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 spoke london's case the the job to be done and the anxiety is the same like when people are really happy they say oh the trousers fit me really well when they when they're unhappy it's because the trousers don't fit very well and so you know it's very clear what people care about and you often find that it can be the the opposites you know, the opposites, you know, the exact mirror image. You know, look at the negative reviews are all banging on about fit. Look at the positive reviews are all banging on about fit. So it's the same thing. I mean, one of the examples I've got in front of me, we were chatting about, um, th this was a, a cookware brand. It was Pro Cook. I mean, I don't think there's anything unique here, but we did some work with Pro Cook. And um, they're a big cookware brand in the UK. And surprise, surprise, we found that, that when people were happy about saucepans, it was because... Um, it was it was really easy to clean and it was truly non-stick. And when they were unhappy about saucepans, it was because it was really hard to clean and it wasn't non-stick. And so you therefore know exactly what is going to resonate with the customers. And it, it helps you understand what the photo shoot should be, what the copy should be, what the positioning statement should be, what evidence of trust and credibility you need to to weave in, what the guarantee should be focused around, what the warranty should be. And it's so, so clear um, whether mm. or not you're hitting that main job to be done and that main anxiety key. You I think know? Otherwise, you end up key. chatting about everything. Because, yeah, yeah. so like, because a lot of times you, people say there's trust and credibility on the site and they go, okay, well, I'll put some reviews on, I'll put some testimonials on there and stuff. And they'll put the reviews at the bottom of the page. Yeah. But it's not enough just to say, because if you look at the majority of reviews, when you for someone who's looked at thousands of reviews for most industries, 
a lot of the reviews are rubbish. Not, not rubbish. I mean, they're good reviews, like five out of five, but they are useless yeah. to me because they are, you know, great service. You know, yeah. um, Mark's company so was great not, again. They're not telling me anything. They're not, they're not, they're not useful. They're not reinforcing the job to be done or the anxiety. Hmm. So, so let's you say, the for trust, example... Sorry. Yeah. Well, I was just say, give you an example. So let's say the biggest anxiety for you is fit. Let's say you are a fashion brand. The biggest anxiety is fit. And you've there, we say, you've got to put trust and credibility on your site. And you then plug in the dynamic widget from Trustpilot. And it goes on the product page for the trousers. And it pulls in random reviews. And it says, great, arrived on time. And the next one would say, um, fantastic customer service. That, that People aren't buying trousers or chinos online because it arrived next day. Or because there was fantastic, the buying because the fit was incredible. Mm. Like I've never, I've never experienced trousers that fit me so well. I can't believe how well these fit me. They're the reviews that you should be pulling through because they're hitting the main jobs and the anxiety. It's so obvious yeah. when I say this. It's so obvious. But, it, but it's but obvious it's, when it, you say it. But it should be simple. Yeah. Some, the most yeah. powerful things are simple. It's so like. It's you say add trust and credibility to your website, but then the second question: add trust and credibility of what? What yeah. are we trying to prove, and what are we trying to say? And that comes from knowing how to position your brand. So then the question is like, and we talked about that a bit, but like, how? Do, what do we position ourselves? Where do we position ourselves? Okay, we'll position ourselves where the customer wants us to be when they know they're going to get the job to be done. So. You know, the positioning, we did a positioning split test on, on the bedding site and we split tested a lot of um, taglines underneath the logo because if you think about it, when anybody comes to a website, they're going to look at the logo first and whatever's right under the logo, they're going to see next. And so that's going to position it. So we had this inkling that a tagline might be quite powerful because well, look at it. I mean, thousands of huge brands have taglines and they wouldn't have taglines unless they were, they were important. And something about having con to condense your whole business into a tagline is very powerful in terms of scalability because you've, you've actually had to sit down and say, what are we to the market and how can we say it in a tagline? Because once you've done that, you've effectively done the job for the customer of the positioning. And I think a lot of the time with our e-commerce sites, when people land on them, we're kind of saying to them, guess what our positioning is? Guess what we are? You know, you, maybe mm. you could find out that we are this. And it's it, because, you know, I think when the, the smaller people come on to the, the – we've, we've got two groups. So we've got the, the e-commerce roundtable, which is our group for the bigger e-commerce sites. And we've got the feeder group for the 20K core. And the 20K core are people starting out in e-commerce. And when they first come on, I get them to fill out a questionnaire. And on that questionnaire is, is, is what, why, why should people buy from you rather than somebody else? And they'll, they'll most likely list – a little bit like a war and peace answer, whether it's like a couple of paragraphs of like, oh, we've got good customer service and we get these and this and this and this. And it's like, and it's like well, that's how your website looks at the moment. You've got to have a very succinct, pithy kind of reason why someone would buy from you and your positioning. And, and if it isn't like that, then you probably haven't thought about it enough to realize what it is. Now, if you've got a mm -hmm. business and people are buying, you will have some positioning. You just probably don't know what it is. And mm. what you think it is might be different from what the customer thinks it is. But 
it's a very powerful thing because the positioning convinces people up that you can do the job to be done without the anxiety that they don't want to receive. Yeah. And so, well, so let me process. give you some, I'm going to use, I'll give you a couple of examples in different industries that we found. So, mm. um, like gifting. So take somebody like, um, Vistaprint or, um, or snap, snapfish, I think was the one that we we're looking at. Snapfish was, was selling gift, gift related items for photo, uh, photos. Mm. And what, what they what they want is the emotional reaction of the gift recipient. They want the, they want the person they're giving the gift to to feel amazing. Oh my God, it's incredible. Oh my God, so, I can't believe you spent all this money on me. It's amazing. What they're anxious about is what if they don't like it? What's the gift recipient doesn't like it? And also, will it arrive on time? Like, so there's, so that's the job to be done. There's the emotional reaction of the recipient and the anxiety is what if they don't like it and it doesn't arrive. So, you know, you've got to make sure that you're reassuring those things and, and, Take it. Take another one. Take it. Take a you know a, a, a sort of slightly more desirable fashion brand. You know what their job to be done is desirability. I want to look amazing wearing these clothes. That's what they want to. Do. Now the anxiety is what happens if it doesn't fit. What happens if I you know I don't like the look of it. Now it's like but you'd lean more into the desirability because it's a higher end luxury fashion desirable item. So you'd lean more in the job to be done. You know, no one's going to buy because of the returns policy. They're going to buy because they bloody love it. So that's why you'd mm. lean more into that. Take, um, take a more problem solving rack, take mattresses. So, you know, Emma mattresses, you remember Emma and Simba mm. mattresses, they grew massively. And you think about what do they want? Well, they want a perfect night's sleep. What are they anxious about? Well, what if I don't like this mattress? That's what they're anxious about. And so, you know, those, those businesses are doing both. They're trying to demonstrate that this is the most amazing night sleep you're ever going to get. And they're trying to remove any anxiety, which is what happens if I don't like the mattress. And so they're leaning into the anxiety by doing the extended return. So they started off with the 30-day sleep promise, and then it became a 60-day, and then a 90-day, and then 180 days, and then now it's a 365-day sleep promise. And it's each time they increase the, the number of days of sleep promise, the conversion rate goes up because it's removing anxiety. And the mm. funny thing about that story is that um, people became, when it was a 30-day sleep promise, they became anxious about returning it. But when, when they made it very, very generous, they people weren't anxious about returning it. So they just got used to it and then they forget about it and then they got used to it in the normal everyday lives. The returns went down, didn't they? The returns longer the returns down. policy, they were, I guess, yeah. I wonder whether it's because people are kind of like, well, I can't return it now because it stinks of us. Like, we've made it. <laughs> well, I think they accept, no. they accept it and they start to get used to it. And, um, hmm. I mean, essentially the, the, the warranty or the guarantee should be so clear and obvious that it should remove any risk, um, mm. and it should be a, it should be good enough to remove that risk. And the idea, you know, we always find we get more out of the almost buyers by going down that road than actually making it a bit stingy. You know, we we, mm. we treat warranty and, and and guarantees as a marketing cost. You know, and also the anything. warranty and, and the guarantee shouldn't just be like money back guarantee or those kind of things. If you've got a key anxiety, you, you'll see the businesses that scale really, really well. They'll be ones that tie that, that guarantee to the anxiety. So let's say mm. it's trousers. Like we guarantee these will fit. 
you'll get a perfect fit or your money back. Like that, the, the guarantee is like the fit guarantee or the sleep guarantee. It's not like yeah. a mattress company doesn't go 100% money back guaranteed. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. People have heard it so much. So you have to create it into a thing that you can hang your hat on and say, it's something oh, they customers we've got the care about. Mm. Well, my, like, yeah. for example, Microsoft, um, recently they were playing around with their guarantee, which is when you buy a laptop from Microsoft. Um, the, the guarantee is that if we reduce the price in 60 days, you know, we, we, will, we will refund the difference you know, straight mm. away. So that, you know, there's their reasons to buy from, from Microsoft. And Today, so that's a, rather than yeah, you know, rather than yeah. buying from somebody else, you know, you could go and buy it from, you know, Amazon or, you know, or John Lewis, but actually buy it from Microsoft, they'll honor, they'll honor that, mm. you know, so it's about tying what, you know, what's, it's got to be something people care about. So you know, if you, if you want to know what people care about, look at what they moan about in the reviews, not just your reviews, look at your competitor reviews too. You know, what do they rave mm. about? And what do they moan about? And once you do that, um, it, it, it all of a sudden just becomes very, very clear. And you'll find that there will be overall ones for your overall business. But as you get bigger and you start to bring in your bigger collections and bigger category definitions, you'll find that there'll be specific ones for each category too. You know, so the anxieties yeah. and jobs be done for, you know, rocking chairs or chair or nursing chairs because we were working with a big American company um, a couple of years ago, and we found that like nursing chairs had a, had clearly, obviously now you know looking back, it's pretty obvious has a different anxiety and a job to be done than the um, you know the luxury uh, sofa, you know the the corner sofa has a different set of needs, and but there are overall similarities of you know somebody who's selling furniture online, mm. but there are specific ones. That you that you need to, and it it makes it clear because then you can look at the site and go, do you know what? Are we are we addressing that? We know the biggest thing that people care about is fit, and are we addressing mm. that? You know, are we reducing and I think that? You can go into, you know, you, you there's certain products in any e-commerce site that drives eighty percent of the product come uh, traffic comes to twenty percent of the products, and so those products they might have a slightly different job to be done than some of the other products. And so you can actually go and look at us and look at one of our sites. I think we sell like white, white bedding on that one. You know, there's a job to be done on, on white bedding, bedding sets that are different than towels, for example. So, you know, you can create the elevator pitch, the above the fold content that talks to that straight away that makes people think, yes, this is going to achieve the job that I want. And I think with the job to be done, the best way to kind of think about it in order to work out what it is is to think about when the buyer knows that the job is complete. What, what point? Let's say someone bought a nice sofa, right, for their house. And, you know, what, what, would, what, what point would they know they'd made a good decision? Would it be when the, the, the family came and sat on it and watched telly and enjoyed it, or when someone came round and said, oh, your, your lounge looks amazing? Or would it be themselves just thinking, no, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've made, it, made a good purchase? Ultimately, that's what you have to find out is what is it that, that makes the person who's buying that product know they've actually bought mm. the right product and the job has been done. It's what it sometimes it's for. validation from other people. And sometimes it's just like, for example, the soap one, the, the, the soap company we're working with in America, like for them, it was very quick that the people wanted to buy soap for eczema or for dry skin. And they wanted to use the soap once and, 
or within a month to see a difference, to see a difference, to see an instant difference. And basically it was like, I used your soap two times and I can already feel the difference in my skin. And so that was very easy to go and then find out, find reviews that, that had that time element to it and say, well, these, all these reviews out of the the 16,000 reviews you've got, these are the reviews that have a time element and then talk specifically to how quickly it worked. And you just bring those out. Yeah. And, you know, what's happening now, I mean, they're working with us now and they're, I think they're, they're doing, they're going to have a great, have a great January and they're going to have a great, great February. Mm. And it's not rocket science. It's just bringing out what yeah. people want to see. Is it, so I say there's a couple, like, there's a couple of shortcuts to look, like overall things I'd say here. Is that the first one is, are you selling your own brands? Or is it other people's brands? So that, that's, that's the first one to clear that up. Because if you're selling other people's products that they can buy anywhere, mm. then your job to be done and anxieties are, are very different. Because the, the, in most cases, if you're selling other people's products, the, there is already trust, um, desirability and credibility and convincibility already in the products you're selling. But you, your job is to convince people to buy from you. So that's the first distinction. So, you know, mm. one of the mistakes, if you are selling other people's products, one of the mistakes people often make in e-com is they, tr- they, they fall down the, the, uh, the hurdle of, of the whole of thinking that we've got to convince people to buy this product versus this product, when the real mm. skill is to make sure that they can buy this product from you, not from somebody else. And the way to do that would be to go and look at the market square test, which is essentially where you do a secret shopper and you put all your competitors down um, at the top and you put all the, um, you know, the, the, the value propositions down the left-hand side, like returns policy, warranty, offer architecture, mm. trust and credibility, and just see where the gaps are and see how you can stand out. But mainly it's why to buy from you. Um, the golf shop was a good, good example of that. We found two big, real dominant players who were doing very well selling golf equipment online. Um, and it came down to essentially one of them was doing very, very, very good returns policy. Now the other ones were hiding it away. And then, so that's the first trick of you selling other people's products. The second one is if you, if it is your own brand, you're selling yourself that is only available, you know, through your business, then the, the, the way to ask yourself, first of all, and it's not exclusively this, but is it a problem-solving rational purchase or is it a desirability purchase? So mm. if you're selling, um, let's say you're you know, a luxury homeware business, then it is more of a desirability play, which tends to lead more into the job to be done is the main lever you'd pull. So like the white company, look at the white company. Um, you know, what they used to leave was beautiful imagery. And it wasn't just a, a tablecloth. The tablecloth was laid out beautifully with, the, you know, with an outdoor barbecue in the summer, all the families around, the grandparents, grandkids, everything having a lovely time. Because that's the job to be done. It's desirability. But if it's a problem-solving product, let's say you're selling, you know, my new example, uh, replacement fridge hinges, it is not a desirability play. And... It isn't about that. It is about convincibility. Convincibility that you're going, this fridge hinge is going to fit and it's going to last a lifetime. And that's, that's, and that's what you'd be demonstrating, the convincibility that this product is going to work. 
And that's mm. when you lean into the trust and credibility to back up those main positioning. So it's like, I mean, this, this sort of thing's been going around in our heads for years, you know, this job to be done, this convincibility, this desirability. But it was only when we dis, de, defined the process where we had the two, you know, very distinct, is this a job to be done? Is it an anxiety play? Some businesses, mm. it's both. But some, like if you find like some really high-end fashion brands, we're working with a company that was selling these beautiful aspirational sunglasses and they were really expensive. And, you know, they'd done fantastic collaborations with some celebs on Instagram and TikTok. And what they'd done is they'd elevated the brand to such an extent that it was so desirable that it didn't, you know, it didn't care what the bloody anxieties were like the returns policy that nobody nobody gave a damn because mm. because they got so much convinced they'd lent so hard into the job to be done which was desirability that they bypassed that whole stage um which was you know essentially what happens sometimes well i mean the example the funny example we sometimes talk about is when you know we mimic the savage dior advert with johnny depp yeah you know, yeah. we replaced ourselves and said, oh, okay, there you go. You know, but it, 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 you know, essentially you have to understand, I think too, is where the story is being told. So is it an Instagram play? And again, I'm going to generalize massively now, but we often find that, that the more, if it's a slightly more problem solving rational purchase, we tend to find we can lean more into Google shopping. And if it's a desirability, yeah. well, people are looking for it. Purchase. People are yeah, looking for specific those things. Yeah. You know, car battery. No one's going to go onto Facebook and kind of come across car battery and go, "Oh, that looks nice. I'll have one of those." Yeah, it's just not. I'll just store it on my shelf in the garage. Yeah, yeah. I might need one of those soon. I'll get one of those. I'll get one in yeah. orange. It just doesn't. It's not like that. Whereas if Google Shopping works, when people are much more searching for that and they're ready that and they're ready to track mm. that know what they want they're aware of the product so where there's a solution for the problem and and, and they come yeah out, they come and buy it you know what so it, yeah. it's a general rule because we have to you know keep things simple but that i would definitely say that google shopping tends to be more problem solving rational not always though and you you get some businesses that are both like bedding is a good example bedding is an mm. example of both like we, we we you know bedding we can do very well with google shopping um but also, we, it's a it's a paid social play as well. We 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 can do both. Some businesses you can't. Like one of them, we've got a really nice high end brand of trainers, like Veju Trainers, V E J A. Like um, they essentially, you know, they can't grow that business in Google Shopping or Google because mm -hmm. what are people going to search white trainer. Like it's not, it's not that. It's obviously a social play. That's where mm -hmm. the brand is built. It's the same with that many workers. That we work yeah. this club, yeah. They, they can't, you know. Like it's people want it. They found out about it through friends and online and social media and stuff. But it's not like, you know, like what are they going to search for? Men's pump, white pump. Yeah. It's just it doesn't mean anything unless you know who mm. the brand is. So it's very difficult to scale from that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That's cool. Anything you want to add? Well. I think the job to be done was interesting. The job to be done came from, there was obviously that whole methodology of job to be done. And there was two things in there that was, that was interesting was like, what's the trigger that, because people often have, like say a mattress, for example, people often have 
um, the need for mm. a mattress for a very long time. And, you know, you could, you, you know, I, I needed a new mattress for a couple of years, but what was the trigger that actually made it happen? And the trigger might be me getting a new job or moving house or having a child and needing to sleep or suddenly having a need to have a better sleep. And so the trigger is often the thing that gets the sales started. So if you can understand the trigger in your business, if there is one, yeah. your advertising that brings people in particularly will resonate if you know that trigger. So good example like, might be yeah. if you, let's say you're selling suits or men's formal tailoring or any clothing, the, the trigger might be there's a wedding coming up or mm. you're going on holiday. And so yeah. that, that also gives you an idea of what the job to be done is, which helps you position the photography, the photography shoots and some of the mm. um, trust and credibility. It's certainly an angle yeah. to try. There's well, this look trigger. at Brooke Tavener's shots. Look at Brooke Tavener's shots. They go to Italy or they go to wherever and it looks like they take photos of men who look like their target audience, but maybe 10 years younger, on holiday, having a mm. nice time. And that's what it looks like. You know, effectively, it yeah. is the trigger. So it ties into the trigger. They don't take photos of people walking around Keighley. Keighley? Um, is it Or Keithley? Longton in Stoke-on-Trent. You know, no, you know nothing don't. wrong that's with Longton. I... But, you know, that, that's, well. <laughs> that's where our... I had an office in Longton for three years. But, you know, with EX, know it's, it's certainly not the same as the South, similar to the South of France. Yeah, but the trigger, the trigger is the trigger's important because the trigger will be the, the thing that actually starts the purchase off. So if you align with the trigger, you can, do, you can do really well. The other thing is understanding with the job to be done and the testimonials we bring out is who the true competition is. So the true competition, we did, a bit of, we did quite a big work for a gym in, in Dubai, a range of gyms who were selling, using e-commerce to sell uh, membership online. And... Uh, they'd realized that their biggest competitor was apathy, doing nothing. It wasn't the gym next door or the gym down the road. It was the customer not mm. actually taking mo moving forward. So we, we searched their reviews and we pulled out a lot of reviews that talked about, you know, I'm glad I actually did something. I'm finally moved for, uh, started. Why didn't I do this earlier? There was all those kind of things because you can understand the true competitor um, which might not necessarily be like, for example, to take the bedding shot. I don't think our true competitor are, is Dunelm or Dusk or those stuff. Our true competitor is, is them walking into a supermarket or walking into the high street and buying stuff. Because once they go online, mm. they don't tend to, I mean, who goes and looks at bedding? No one goes and looks at six different shops. They might look at two mm. or three, but that's it. Like they'll look at it Same and they'll want to get it done. Same thing with the, um, the big garden center, big online plant retailer working with at the moment yeah, yeah. you know the, the true competitor because you know initially look at it and go oh it's um you know it's sarah raven it's uh thompson morgan it's you know some of the others and but actually it's not it is the it is the garden center it is the physical garden center is yeah. the competitor and that's what you're leveraging against and you're saying well it's much easier than the garden center you know you have to go Put the plants in the back of your car. You know it's ridiculous. You know driving, you're living in the middle well, of London. Also, How you are you going to do thinking, that? Well, once you know it's the true competitor, so you start bringing out things like, well, all the plants are sitting in the garden centre, surrounded by everything else, and there's all fungus. There's different fungus, and there's different diseases that are passing through the plants. If you buy it from us, it's been sitting in, in, in a nursery only with that plant. Typically, when you buy it from us, the plant's going to be bigger. 
it's going to be fresh it's going to be looked after yeah. you know it's there's a lot of things Much you can say quality. when you know the true competitor is. Yeah, so I think you should also look at the true competitor and essentially ask where you're going to sell market share off. You know, that's that's also a really good indicator of how to find a job to be done. Who who are you competing mm. against? Because you know, very why, rare why... you're creating your own new market these days. Like there mm. are, you know, you sometimes do create a new market, but like, you know, you're not going to if it's bedding, you're creating a new market. What are you going to do? Create a second bed in a house that people sleep on outside. It's just it's a not... new revolutionary way of sleeping. In the day. In like, yeah. you know, some sort of cocoon of water. Yeah. No. A waterbed. Bring back the waterbed. Mm. I can't believe anybody ever slept on a waterbed. That was like... It was a nightmare. real thing, like, wasn't my it? My wife moving what? around to like every <laughs> little movement. Oh. I'd be like... Duh, 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 duh. What? What is... Oh... <laughs> And it'd be cold, so you'd have to heat the whole thing. <laughs> There'll be yeah. people listening to this still sleeping on waterbeds, I bet. I would so, like to know if there's anybody still sleeping in a waterbed. There's probably someone selling waterbeds who listens to this. Yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna say, Let's buy make one. Me, make me make waterbeds bring waterbeds back. But you know, <laughs> it's 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 all yeah, Google you it. have to you have to take market share. But at the same time, when you take market share a market can be convinced to buy something else for that job to be done. And they can be convinced to buy something more expensive. So if like, for example, if I was, let's say dad's bakery, for example, like if he's taking market share from the, the local supermarket and the local supermarket is selling a, a loaf of bread for a pound, he can take market share away from Tesco's, but he can charge three pounds for a loaf of bread. So it doesn't necessarily mean he has to sell at the same price because you can take market share but you can give them a different service and there's a service that they can actually they're willing to pay a little bit more for so it's not completely like oh they're doing two million in that that market so we're only going to do two million in it it's it is a bit there is a bit of kind of flexibility with it um because you can effectively not create a new market but service a market in a different way which is which is interesting because yeah. people will will pay different amounts for different what they perceived value. If you can increase the perceived value, it's interesting what you're saying about um, people selling their own products before. Because it was something that popped into my head was about the that, that company that they're doing about twenty million now. Um, I won't tell you the market just because I want to keep it secret. But like they want to get to 130. And as soon as I say, you know, you, they want to get to 130, you'll know mm. exactly who it is. Because they sell other people's products and they've predominantly grown by bringing popular brands into the US. They've gone, they've looked at popular brands into the US. They've looked at the search uh, volume in the UK and see if there's search volume in the UK. And if there isn't search volume, they haven't brought them in. If there is, they've brought them in and they've grown like that. So if you think about it, they've gone onto Google Shopping and they've gone in front of those searches and they've gone, okay, this brand, we'll search for it. We've got it. You know, we'll, we'll do it. And ultimately, when they're doing that, that, that brand, people want that brand. They're, they're sold on the brand already. And if you look at their website, a lot of their page is actually about selling that product, whereas actually the product has already sold itself. And it's really about mm. what you should buy from them, that product, yeah. rather than either, I don't know how people have been getting it, importing it from the US or getting it on Amazon in the US and getting it sent over or, or whatever, because ultimately with that model, 
a lot of people are already convinced that they want to buy the product. So it's like, well, why should I, why should I buy it from you? Why is it easier to buy from you? Mm. Am I going to get a good price? Happens for me a lot in New Zealand. I'll, I'll see something that I want and can't get in New Zealand because there's only six people that live in New Zealand. So we're not going to market. And uh, I'll have to import it from America. But then if I go and see it in New Zealand, I go, oh, it's available here. But they'll, they'll triple the price. Mm. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it's kind of like, it's not just about, it's about making a case well, of why you should buy it. From, in some respects, when you're selling other people's products, in some respects, it's so much easier to understand what the job to be doing, what the anxieties are. Because, mm. you know, essentially they already want the product. Um, and you're really just convinced them to why buy from you. And, you know, and then do I trust? Do I trust them? Do I trust I can do it? The weakness, of course, is when you're selling other people's products, is you generally find that the margin is floating between 25 and 35%, generally. So you have a much smaller buffer to play to work with, mm. and that's and that's why you've got to you've got to get your conversion rate bang on, you know, because you can't afford to go and waste time with loads of paint. But, but nobody else Traffic. can either. Usually, no, that's true. You're all the, the only same time boat. It's a problem is if is if the manufacturer that you're selling is selling direct, and yeah, and and go on Google Shopping, it's going to be very difficult for that. But if everybody's in the same boat as you, you've got the same margin. Then well, then no you try to you get to... AOV boosts and upsell yeah. with a higher and, margin product. But and a lot of these brands just have brand the... rebates. They have brand rebates yeah, yeah. at a certain That's level. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, yeah. And those rebates are only really worth it to the people who are doing millions. Yeah. So, you know, it Numbers becomes a different model. Big volume game. Mm. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much. That's a, a good podcast on the third uh, domino of the sale, of getting the sale of e-commerce which is the job to be done. So I hope you've enjoyed that. Um, tune in next week for the fourth domino, which is... I don't well, know what it is. hang on. Can, you, we've just done the fourth. We've done the third and the fourth together, which is oh, the... Oh, have we? Yes. Job to be done. The, I, I mean, know. Jesus, just as well, I'm paying attention. You have like a sort of amnesia when it comes to these dominoes. I bet you well, don't know how many dominoes there is. There's a slide somewhere. I don't know. How many are there? There's one more, <laughs> is there? Six. Those are two. Oh my God! What's wrong with you? Well, you're making a mockery of the Hammersley Brothers process. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll get through them. You'll tell me what it is next week. <laughs> tell me what it is now. Yeah. What is it? The next one. The next one we'll do is trust and credibility, which is okay. building very firmly upon the job to build on the anxiety reducing. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Ian. Thank I you. I will Mark. speak to you soon. Cheerio. Okay, bye-bye.